Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Stuart Braithwaite is the lead singer and guitarist of the Scottish band Mogwai, forming in 1995 at a time when Britpop was king. As an indie Scottish post-rock band, everything about them was rebellious against being considered British, against pop music, maybe against having lyrics for lyrics' sake and against big record labels. He joins me today. G'day, Stuart. G'day, how you doing? I'm well. Uh, your autobiography came out a couple of years back, 2022. It was called Spaceships mm-hmm. Over Glasgow. It, it largely focused on your time with Mogwai, but you reflected on your father's role in your life. I was curious to learn he was the only telescope maker in Scotland. I suppose that teaches you something about looking at the sky. What did he teach you? Oh, he taught me a lot. He taught me a lot about following my own path and... Um, being independent politically and in all sorts of ways. It's actually his birthday today, um, which is a, a friend of mine just reminded me, uh, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, it's nice you brought him up. It uh, seems fitting. Uh, you've been uncovering a lot of m- memories recently. The documentary, If the Stars Had a Sound, sort of follows Mogwai. It'll be out later this year. But it would have been in production around the same time as this autobiography. So what's it been like doing all this self-reflection? It's been interesting. I mean, I'd say the the, the book was more intense because I was having to do all the research myself. The the documentary is more a case of someone else doing it, but it's still a kind of process that's, that's very much kind of looking back on everything we've done. So, yeah, it's nice. It's it's kind of a funny time right now because we're got this film coming out, but at the same time we're we're about to record a new record. So, it kind of like got kind of two feet in two camps of the past and the future. So it's, it's quite interesting. Despite Mogwai being sort of against a lot of the mainstream aspects of the music industry, there was still some pretty classic rock and roll behaviour going on. Uh, in, in the book, you talk about being kind of coerced into saying grandiose sort of sound bites. You didn't necessarily believe to make sure you were on the cover of a magazine. I mean, do you think yeah. that at the same time you were aware of the contradiction in your behaviour? It's all a bit of a game. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a very different environment back then, a very different kind of media landscape. I'd say someone the age that we were back then right now would just find a lot of the stuff totally weird, you know, like the music press was all powerful, whereas it barely even exists now, you know, so it's kind of, yeah, we're probably kind of slightly playing the game but also we were also pretty young and daft so we didn't have to try that hard to be honest (laughs) you've uh you've said that you miss the tribalism of music uh does that mean finding your people of sort of really identifying with the with the aesthetic and the values of a band uh is is real fandom to you and what happens now when you say the sort of media landscape is not what it used to be how, how do you find your people when the algorithm is spitting out suggestions on your spotify yeah I, you know i miss it i miss it in some ways i kind of miss the kind of like being able to tell what kind of music someone likes by what clothes they wore but in other ways i don't i don't miss it because i actually think the internet's kind of democratized 
um, music for everyone and people can hear any music they want. And I actually think there's something pretty amazing about that. I kind of find a lot of younger people getting into music from long before they were born, which would, would have been seen, seen as quite a strange thing. But I think it's because people now recognise music for what it is, not just its kind of cultural attachments. So um, I miss it and I don't miss it. I think it's it, it's it's just very different. One of the things that's gone the way of the dodo with uh, Spotify is people's listenership to an album. When you think mm-hmm. about it, was that a bit of an artifice in, in the first place? I mean, to your point, uh, music for music's sake, not the music that it sits alongside. There's something more yeah. pure about it in some sense. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of grew up in the kind of mixtape era, so we, we were always listening to compilations of songs as well as listening to whole albums. So don't know it's a very hard thing to quantify isn't it it's, 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 i think people it's one of these things that people say but i'm not sure it's totally true i mean i still hear younger people talking about albums quite reverentially so yeah it's a, it's a hard one to call so given all these changes the death of music press the rise of spotify do you think mogai would have come about in the same way uh, today if you were uh, coming onto the scene I think we would have had to find different avenues to be f- for people to hear our music. Um, but I think the answer is yes. In fact, we might have even been doing something a bit more interesting because a lot of the music that I really love now, I didn't actually hear until my kind of late 20s or 30s, whereas I probably would have found them out the second that I told the algorithm that I like the Velvet Underground, you know? So it's kind of... It's hard to say, but I mean, I still think, I mean, we run a record label. I'm kind of so passionate about putting out new new artists and kind of spreading the, the holy word of rock and roll. So I kind of, I, I, I would hate to say no, because I, I still think that people who are passionate about music and make good music are, will find people to people to listen to it. There is nuance here, isn't there? Because, you know, I grew up in the mixtape generation as well. And you remember the song attached to the person who gave it to you or who shared it with you. Whereas Spotify, (laughs) you don't know. Like, there's not a person that sort of enlightened you about the Strokes or Velvet Underground or what have you. There's no personal connection there anymore. No, it's, 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 it's changed a lot. It's definitely changed a lot. I mean... I'm sure people are sharing playlists. They maybe they they maybe don't have the handwritten C90 cassette covers, but I still think that a lot of our experiences are shared by shared by younger generations. Just maybe not in the exact same way, you know. I, th- I think that there is a a tendency, and I'm probably guilty of it myself, of kind of looking at the past as some perfect era and the present is being this kind of soulless hellscape (laughs) whereas i'm sure it's there was pretty dreadful things about the 1990s or the 80s or whatever and some pretty amazing things about right now so i think i think it's just yeah i often think things aren't better or worse they're just different
Yeah. That, that is the privilege of getting older. You see, you live long enough to see the world change and you can revise it in your memory. Uh, although yes, Thatcherite, exactly. Thatcherite England still seems pretty nasty. Uh, that doesn't seem to <laughs> yeah. change with, with memory. You, you and your uh, Mogwai bandmate, Barry Burns, have also worked on a few soundtracks. What's that mm-hmm. like? You've got to sort of fit in with an, uh, a director's vision of a project a bit as well. Or, or do you ignore that altogether? Uh, no, we don't ignore it or we just get immediately fired. But um, <laughs> it's different. It's, it's different. It's 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 um, trying to evoke or reinforce someone else's emotions rather than just trying to express your own. So it's, it, 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 it's an interesting process and we've definitely met some really cool people doing it and been involved in some really great TV things and films and documentaries. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I'm really glad we've been able to do in recent years. Well, as you prepare to come to Tasmania to play at uh, the Mona Foma Festival, uh, an environment not unlike the Scottish Highlands of your birth, uh, tell me uh, what song should we play from your catalogue? Anything at all from Mogwai? Uh... Uh, maybe uh, the song Helicon One. That's a nice song. Very, Helicon very pastoral. <laughs> Beautiful. A fitting with the Tasmanian environs that you're about to enjoy. Stuart Braithwaite is from the band Mogwai. Uh, Mogwai are performing on the Mona Lawns as part of Mona Foma, uh, that festival on February the 23rd of February. So great to talk to you, Stuart. Thanks so much. Thanks for talking to me too. See you soon. Bye-bye. to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park.